What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your lovely, lovely host for Found Much of Chef Ski, and I am pumped uh, once again to get this lovely episode started because it's another compilation episode, but it's going to contain uh, more weight loss specific um, content. So I looked through my previous episodes and we go back all the way to almost, I think, episode 283. And I think I filmed this slash recorded probably two years ago. And I'm bringing four episodes together that are all weight loss specific and also give you a better insight to um, how to be successful at weight loss by doing small, small little changes that go a long way. So we tackle the topic of nutrition, we tackle the topic of workout frequency, and you know, I don't want to spoil anything else, but some real tangible things that you can do today to start seeing success, you know, three months, six months, um, a year from now. And these are the same little changes that I get every single person to do when I work with them. And, you know, if you know me and my content, I'm not about here are, here are, can't even speak today. Here are, um, you know, the 20 foods that you need to eat and here are the 20 foods you're not allowed to eat. Like, no, like you can still eat what you want relatively and still practice good uh, training habits, eating habits, sleeping habits, and see huge changes in your health. And I think if people change their perspective a little bit where they're not looking for extreme weight loss, which is a completely different animal than you know creating healthy change in your life for long-term success, Right? I think everyone now is just like, oh, I want it now. I want this to be done as soon as possible. Right? Like we're trying to change our bodies at a cellular level where like biologically that's not even in, like possible. But as human beings, because you know, Amazon can send you a book in less than 24 hours, we just assume our bodies have adapted to that instant gratification um, standard now that we have like like yesterday this was supposed to be an intro video but I'm gonna be rambling yesterday I was looking at Etsy to buy something and I was like oh, okay cool like this product that I want to get it's like 36 bucks you know I'm going to my checkout and shipping was like $26 I'm like what the fuck like I got angry that <laughs> a business is telling me to pay shipping because I've been so used to Amazon's, you know, prime, um, what's it called, um, option, where I don't even have to pay any kind of uh, shipping or wait that long for anything. So I was literally angry. So I can totally understand when people start fitness and health as a priority and they're training for like seven days and they're like, what the hell? Why aren't I seeing the results that I want? Well, fuck, here we go. Um, 
So I'm excited to bring these episodes together. Hopefully it gives you some insight and some guidance on where to go, where you're where you're at right now. If you are brand new to fitness and health, if you've been struggling for like five years because you've been yo-yo dieting, take these episodes to heart. These will help if you put them in practice. Like guaranteed, if you listen to these four episodes and do what I tell you for the next six months, I guarantee you will lose weight or somehow improve your health. So without further ado, here are four episodes that are all weight loss specific with tangible things you can start today. Here we go. So I was thinking about this. I get a lot of good ideas when I walk my dog, Um, which by the way is another tip for you people out there for fitness and health. Start taking walks without your phone, music, or anything just to be alone with your thoughts. Um, You'd be surprised how many good ideas you'll get and how much clarity you'll get just being with yourself. Um, I'm going to switch up my podcast a little bit where I'm actually going to stop interviewing as many people as I usually do. Um, And the reason behind that is it's starting to get to a point where I've been interviewing so many fitness professionals and it's starting to sound all the same. You know, when you interview coaches that have been in the fitness industry for a couple years, a decade, you can only get so many answers to kind of the same questions as everyone's looking for. You know, and sometimes when I've interviewed some people, there hasn't been enough enough like depth or, you know, stuff where it gets me really, really excited So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to only interview some like really, really big name um, individuals in the industry where I feel like because of their vast experience and dedication to providing really good information out in the world, I think that has better value. So an example of that is like when I had Dr. Stuart McGill on my show, like I was so, so excited to have him on because he's the top leading researcher on spine mechanics. Like who wouldn't want to listen to that? You know, another example is Krista Scott Dixon from Precision Nutrition. Like she's been in the game for so long and every time I hear her speak, it blows my mind. And I've had her on my, had her on my show for three times, three times already. Wow. I can't speak. Um, And uh, I I honestly would like just interview every single week if I could. And here's a little uh, secret, I guess you want to call it. But I'm going to have her on my show for my 300th episode because it's going to be freaking bananas and it's going to be amazing. So a little change up. I'm going to do more solo episodes like this more frequently because the interesting thing is that ever since maybe two years ago when I started telling people to add me on Facebook after listening to my show, I would always reach out to any new friend requests and I still do it to this day. So anyone who adds me on Facebook, I message them right away like, hey, what's up? Thanks for adding me. How did you hear about me? Was it my podcast? When people say yes, I ask them what episodes have been the most helpful and every single person has responded back with, you know, I like your interviews, but 
your solo episodes have really helped me. And I've always been so surprised. Like, holy shit, people actually want to listen to me talk. So I think I'm going to gear towards more solo episodes of me doing my random rambles and even do some like actual presentations where I would actually put something together and maybe even like film my PowerPoint presentation while I speak over it and then upload it to YouTube and put it onto my podcast and maybe do like an hour long presentation like that. Because I have a lot of presentations saved on my computer that you know, fitness enthusiasts and everyday Joes and Janes would probably want to listen to. So I'm going to start doing that a little bit more and interview, you know, some people here and there. You know, I still have a bunch scheduled, so I think I'm going to keep those. But moving forward, you're going to see a lot and hear a lot more of just me than, um, you know, a new guest every single week. Um, I'm really excited about this because I just feel like I'm at that point where I feel like I can give a lot more, you know, and the other interesting thing is like how many more people do you need to hear from that are going to tell you that exercise is good for you, eating less than you, you know, eating less every single day, eating vegetables, eating protein is a good way to go. So I'm going to make this selfishly a little bit more about myself, but I just feel like I have a voice now compared to when I started my podcast where I wanted my podcast to be about others. And I just feel like I can give more at this point in my career. So hopefully, you know what, not hopefully, I know this will go in the right direction. And I know a lot of my listeners um, listening right now is going to appreciate all my new content. So get ready for 2020 going to be it's going to be a freaking awesome ride um so i was like so excited to get this recording done i totally forgot to look at my top three cities so i apologize i will maybe make a post on it for on facebook or instagram but anyway um today's topic today is december 1st so in reality i tell every single client the month of december Your goal is not weight loss or getting new PRs in the gym. It's about maintaining your weight and maintaining your fitness level because we all know that cookies are going to start showing up. Chocolates are going to start showing up. Wine is going to start showing up. Christmas parties, Christmas lunches, Christmas dinners, you name it. It's going to start happening faster than you can like even realize so what I want to talk about today is realistic expectations for 2020 and I want to go into a little bit more practical advice that I think everyone should start implementing now or if you're one of those people who are like you know what January 1st I'm gonna go do it so here's some practical advice to get your fitness and health in order and have a game plan, an attack plan that's going to make you successful in 2020. So I stole this from Dr. Jay Tita. I think I had him on my show like two years ago. Um, And he follows the 5S rule. So when it comes to nutrition, you want to have, hopefully I don't forget this, 
shakes, soups, salads, stir fries, and holy crap, what's the last one? Oh my God, I'm totally blanking. Totally blanking. What did I say? Soups, shakes, salads, stir fries, oh, and scrambles. So those five S's, if you follow them, during 2020, you will be successful. So when you look at those five, I guess you would call them food groups, food ways of cooking, you can make some really delicious and healthy balanced meals that's gonna keep you going through heavy workouts, hard workouts, and help you feel full and lose weight. All those five things that, ha- that I listed all have in common that you can have high protein. So in soups, you can literally make a chicken soup, a turkey soup, like find any um, recipe online. Like this is so funny when I have um, nutrition coaching clients, they all ask me like, oh, can you give me some recipes for X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, sure. And it doesn't even matter what they ask me because it's like, this is what I usually do. Mike, you want, you know, recipes for tofu. All right, here I go. Go on Google. Top 10 healthy recipes for tofu. I find it, click the first link, read it through, see if it's good, and I send it to them. And like anyone can do this. So for soups, like go online right now and type up top 10 healthy soup recipes. Boom, done. Like I remember last winter, I went through a whole phase of making um, sweet potato and carrot soup. And it was the most delicious thing ever. And because I like spicy things, I threw a shit ton of sriracha in there. And then that would be, you know, part of my lunch, dinner, whatever. You could put it in a container, heat it up at work. And I always have some sort of protein source. And it was like quick and easy, different texture. It kept things fun. And like soups, there's so many different combinations you can do, right? I think that this is the beauty of this 5S rule is that there's so many combinations you can do. So for those picky eaters, like there's like sky's the limit, right? So this goes down to shakes too. Like everyone says, oh, you should have a protein shake. You have a protein shake. Like literally go on Google again top 10 healthiest protein shake recipes boom done try them all and find the ones that you love the best right you can throw in vegetables you can throw in fruit you can throw in whatever you want and it's gonna fill you up and get you through the day and then scrambles like this is the beauty like i love eggs love them so why not throw in spinach peppers, mushrooms, onions, whatever you can think of into the scramble. You have a shit ton of veggies and a really good protein source of eggs. Boom, done. Salads. We all know salad's good for you. And again, so many different variations you can do, right? Literally go to the supermarket and pick out spinach, kale, and arugula, or a spring mix, whatever, cut up some other vegetables, have them put them in containers, grill a bunch of chicken, grill a bunch of turkey, whatever meat source, protein source you want, and mix it all up. Create a balsamic and olive oil vinaigrette, boom, done, 
send it off into a package on to work. And then you have stir fries. Like I love stir fries. You can literally go to stores and buy pre-made stir fry packs. And all you need to do is throw it on a pan, cook it, and then throw some protein in there too. Mix it. Boom. Done. Like it's (laughs) that opportunity and like different variations of the 5S rule is so easy to follow as long as you have that base like I can't give any more practical advice to anyone else like soups shakes salads stir fries and scrambles follow those five things and you will be so surprised how well 2020 would go so my challenge for everyone is to pick three a day and have them like if on Sunday you do your meal prep and you make a big batch of soup a big batch of salad and say a big batch of scrambles and then you can like individualize the things that you mix it with and don't even worry about calories at this point like just get into the habit of making those things like that's the foundation like so many clients again bringing up another topic I've had so many times is like people overanalyze and overthink things all the time like I get nutrition clients all the time where their nutrition's terrible like fucking terrible and like I have no idea how these people live because they don't drink water they barely eat any protein and they wonder why they feel like shit all the time and then they're asking me like oh how many grams of sugar should I be eating how many grams of fat should I be eating and I'm like how about you just start eating vegetables once a day and not worry about those things right so in this case don't worry about how many grams of protein carbs or fat are in these soups shakes salads scrambles and stir fries just get into the habit of making them over the weekend having them prepped and taking them to work or wherever you go that is going to be the biggest challenge for so many people but i guarantee you when that becomes a habit sky's the limit and i feel like it's a bulletproof thing because a lot of times people shy away from healthy eating because it's like oh I have to like cook a week's worth of chicken breast and eat chicken breast every single day. It gets boring. I need variety. I can't do it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, with the 5S rule, you have variety. Like it's so easy. So my goal for all of you, and maybe I'll even do it because like I'm super simple. I can eat the same thing for months at a time. So I might even jump in on this challenge with you guys and follow the 5s rule and showcase my meals online to kind of add a little accountability for all you so i'm gonna edit there remember the five s's soups shakes salads stir fries and scrambles that's my advice that's practical advice it's not anything else so i'm gonna end it there thank you for listening to me thank you for so Today, what we're going to be talking about is this whole concept and phrase that I hear so many people say is, I eat pretty good. Anytime I get a new client, anytime I speak with someone in the gym or someone at a social event or just in general that's trying to lose weight, 
trying to get stronger, trying to X, Y, and Z, whatever their goal is, you can just insert it. And then that gets followed by, I eat pretty good. So in my head, I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, okay, sure. If you're saying that you eat pretty good and you're not seeing the results that you're looking for, that means your nutrition's nowhere near where it has to be. And I think people have this um, idea in their head that, you know, nutrition is kind of easy. And I think they have no idea actually how, you know, hard you have to like diet to get to where your goal is, you know, and then people get under the impression that, oh, I can never lose weight. Oh, I can never, you know, get to that weight I really want to. But if you can truly say that you are one hitting the basics, which are, you know, drinking three liters of water, you're eating protein at every single meal, you're eating vegetables at every single meal, and you're not eating shit all day. If you're at that point, can you honestly say that you eat at a calorie deficit, you eat, you know, according to your macros that you are following online or your coach gave you or whatever you researched online, and you're doing that day to day. And if the answer is yes, okay, and then let's go a little step further. Are you actually tracking your calories? Are you actually weighing every single morsel piece of food to actually get to those calories? I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to say, no, I'm not doing that. Now let's take a step further. Have you done that for three months straight without any drinking, any cheating on your diet again with air quotes? Probably not. This is what it takes to get there. Now, I'm not saying that everyone has to do it, but when people say I eat pretty good and they're not seeing the results they want to, and they've been saying that for years, then maybe those are the steps you need to take, you know? Losing that last 10 pounds or losing the last five pounds all take a certain amount of effort. You know, you're not gonna just wake up one day hope for the best and just eat whatever is in front of you and weight is going to fall off. No, that's not how it works. How it works is actually meticulous planning for it, just like anything else in life. If you had a huge meeting at work, you're not going to just go in there and wing it. You're going to prepare for it. You're going to stay up the night before to read over your notes. You're going to look at your presentation. You're going to do this and this and this and this. So then when you go into that meeting, you're fully prepared and you look professional. It's the same thing with nutrition if you're trying to get to somewhere specific. You know, in the very beginning, starting your fitness journey, just a little switch of, you know, eating better and start moving, whatever you do for exercise, you're going to see results. But as you start progressing, you need to go harder and harder and harder. You know, you got to put things in perspective. If your idea of how fit you want to be is going to be as close as like a fitness model on the front of the magazine, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot, like a lot. So where am I going with this? I think a lot of people need to develop this idea of self-awareness when it comes to really, really honing in on what is achievable. If you've been saying I eat pretty good for the last X amount of years, 
you might need to reevaluate what you're actually doing. You know, I think a lot of people just assume that what they're doing right now is just going to continue to work for the next decade. It doesn't work that way. It's more complicated. You know, if fitness and health was really, really simple, which it is, and I'll tell you in a second why it is, then everyone would be fit and lean and we wouldn't have this obesity epidemic. The easy part is that it's like literally two things, consistency and patience that I've been spewing forever, year after year of the same thing over and over again. So I know I'm kind of like generalizing, I'm painting a, the big picture and I'm trying to shy away from that. So tangible things that you need to start doing. And I know that it's December 15th, 10 days until Christmas. You're not going to implement this tomorrow. You're not going to implement this today. You're probably going to do this on January 1st. So here's what you're going to do. This is what I tell every new nutrition coaching client on the most part, but track the next three days of eating on my fitness pal or whatever calorie tracking device you have. And then see what your average is. 2,000 calories to 2,500, 3,000, whatever. I don't care what the number is. And then look at your macronutrient profile breakdown. How much percent goes to fat, to carbs, to protein? See where you're at. A lot of times, it's like 60% carbs, 20% you know, fat, maybe 20% protein, or the fat's a lot higher and the protein's pretty low pretty low for the majority of weight loss and fat loss clients I want to see that protein percentage go to 40 I want to see that carb intake go to 30 and I want to see that fat um, profile go up to 30 as well and I know there's so many different macro profile breakdowns that you can do but for the most part, when I want someone to diet, I want them to feel full as much as possible. And if you increase your protein intake, it'll start regulating hormones to make you feel fuller. That's number one. On top of that, this is where sleep comes in. And this is similar to what I was talking about in my other episode about recovery. When you start sleeping eight to nine hours a night, it helps regulate your hormones, your hunger hormones, a lot more efficiently. So then you don't get hungry randomly and wanting to eat more. So now you have this increase of protein, you have this increase of sleep and better quality sleep. Now your hormones are happy, your body's functioning properly, and for some reason, you're not snacking at like 8 p.m. at night for carbs. It's because you've improved those two things. Now that we have that out of the way, Let's look at our calories. Whatever you're eating right now, subtract two to 300 calories and do that for two to three weeks. See how you feel, see what the scale says, see what your measurements say, see how your clothes fit. And on top of that, let's exercise minimum three days a week. In the perfect world, I would love to see people work out every single day of the week. Imagine doing three strength workouts and two metabolic conditioning and maybe two days of like active recovery if you're going for a long walk with your dog. Maybe you are stretching, doing mobility work, whatever it is. That's a solid plan right there. Do that 
three months straight, you saying, oh, I eat pretty good and weight's not coming off, this guaranteed is going to help you. But the missing key here is actually putting the work in. You know, January 1st is going to be a lot of people all gung-ho to change their lifestyle. But the sad thing is, after a couple days, it's just going to go down the, down the drain. And I've seen maybe a percentage of people that I know, people that I've coached, that have actually, you know, went cold turkey and just changed everything and they kept at it. And, you know, when I look at that percentage being so low, I'm like, there's no point. You might as well just start building habits. And this goes back into like habits-based nutrition where you take one small facet of whatever health thing you want to accomplish and just start chipping away at it. So then by the end of the year, you accomplished a lot. You know, people always try to take on more than they can take. You know, they always want to do 10,000 different things. Like everyone thinks that they're going to lose weight, make more money and like move into a bigger house, get a promotion, get a dog, have a new kid, like all at the same time. Like, I don't know where this comes from, but a lot of people, again, this goes back to what I said earlier, self-awareness, like sit down and like really evaluate your life. Do you actually have what it takes to put 110% effort into um, your fitness and health goals? Look at every professional athlete when they retire, they gain a lot of weight. They've lived a life where it's, you know, if they are not fit and you're not eating properly to the highest amount of, you know, effort, they're going to lose their job because they're not performing. Think about every like UFC fighter out there. If they don't diet hard enough and don't train hard enough, they're not going to do well in the fight. They're not going to get paid. But then the moment they're done in their career, you know, sure, they're going to continue working out, but not as hard as before they're not going to diet as hard as before and then their figure kind of falls off the wagon so don't take things to the extreme you know you saying i eat pretty good just tells me that you don't have the self-awareness that you actually need in order to succeed you know a lot of this fitness and health stuff and even just life in general when we don't have enough self-awareness we're not going to get too far you might think you're the shit of whatever thing that you think you're good at, but everyone around you that has the self-awareness can see that from the mile away that you're just blowing smoke up people's asses, right? Like take a second to like reflect on your life and see where you're at when it comes to being realistic. And you'll be surprised how far in life you'll get, not only in fitness and health, but everything else, every, work, um, relationships like everything it all comes into one so i'm gonna end it there because i can rant about this for like hours without end hopefully i made some sense hopefully you took some bigger picture items home and also some tangible things when it comes to crushing diets so thank you for listening. um so we're gonna get into the show and I want to talk about this concept of the real reason why you're not seeing fat loss results. The big thing that everyone does.
doesn't even factor in. And I see this over and over and over again. And let me start by saying, if you're a person listening to the show struggling with their fitness goals, their fat loss goals, whatever it is, it's usually because psychologically there's something going on and we need to cover all facets of health and number one is our mental health because if the stuff that's happening up in here doesn't work properly so how is that stuff up here supposed to tell the rest of your body what to do and recover from it and adapt to it you know what I mean so a typical example is you know the average person in their lifetime I think the stat will be they've done at least nine kind of like crash diets to lose weight and they all lose weight during the diet but then they all gain it back plus some afterwards now this kind of cycle just goes to show that people are so desperate to finally see the weight come off and they feel that they have to do drastic things to prove their self self-worth now when you're growing up especially women and don't get me wrong guys can go through this too and I'll give an example but you know as young girls growing up your parents probably told you you know you need to eat as much as possible to get big and strong they would always kind of use those words make sure you eat make sure you eat enough so you can get big and strong so when you're older blah 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 and then at some point in their lives they start hearing words like make sure you don't eat too much because you don't want to get too big you don't want to take up space you want to be thin you got to watch your figure and this can happen as early as like 10 11 years old and now think about the psychological scar that our parents are leaving on us knowing that if you eat too much you're not gonna be worthy of other people's approval right this is where the root cause starts and when you kind of grow from that and you start seeing the diet culture from your parents and most likely it's the mother where they're constantly dieting saying comments about other family members who've gained weight and all these little things that pop up as a young like tween or whatever you call them now um, and teenagers you pick up on your parents behavior and you realize oh in order for me to be good enough in this world I need to be a certain shape a certain size I need to have a certain weight I can't eat in certain foods I need to x y and z and this is where it starts becoming a huge problem and then you have companies out there advertising to use food as an emotional carrier if anything went wrong right like how many freaking ice cream um companies out there have embedded into your head that when you have a rough day you had some sort of you know emotional day some sort of breakup some sort of relationship trouble 
you automatically go to your freezer and eat ice cream. Like, that's been around probably since the mid-80s. Like, you're having relationship issues, go have a pint of ice cream. Like, it just goes hand in hand. But that doesn't actually do anything. Like, if you actually look at some research um, about, like, binge eating on foods, and for those listening, like, you know, personally, I've gone through a lot of binge eating issues. Like, a lot. And I would say, like, only now I kind of have the grasp over it, but I still have binge tendencies. Before, it used to be really, really bad, but when you look into binge research, and I went down this rabbit hole because I was trying to figure my shit out, um, almost 99% of the time when people binge ate, and I mean, like, really to a point where they have no self-control to stop until they feel sick. That's binge eating. They get to that point so they can relieve their, you know, anxiousness, their stress, their emotions, whatever it is. And at the time, as they're using food to help fight off these emotions, they feel a little bit better. But the moment they stop, 99% of all those Um, people in this research uh, study said that they felt worse than when they first started, right? But for some reason, we have it embedded in our head that food will help ease the pain, no matter what. But there's always that feeling of guilt after, and this is where it can go into purging and stuff like that. But there you have it. Like, from a young age, many young, young girls going into puberty and then eventually adulthood have built probably two decades worth of you know messages that in order for them to have self-worth they have to look a certain way and be a certain weight and also on top of that take down any other woman that looks out of the ordinary shape that society wants you to look like Like, that's really fucked up if you think about it. Now, for guys, and this is a personal experience of mine, you know, if you listen to my show from the very beginning or listen to my first episode to kind of, like, figure out what this show is about, I was obese. I was heavy. I weighed over 200 pounds and then lost it all. But growing up as a kid, I was always the fat kid. And I remember um, I always dealt with a lot of health issues growing up and... When I would go to the doctor, the doctor would always weigh me. And that was like the worst feeling ever. And I remember I was like at a point where they're like, if you keep gaining weight, you will get diabetes at a young age. And if you get diabetes at a young age, like that's some serious shit. And from that moment, I remember like my parents would always, you know, tell me things like, oh, don't eat too much. You're going to get too fat. Don't eat that, eat this instead, like, all those little things at a young age of, like, nine, ten years old, and then kids at school making fun of you for being overweight, like, that shit will leave a scar or two, you know what I mean? And now when you become an adult, and you're trying to finally undo decades of psychological scars and coming from an environment that did not nurture who you are as an individual and teach you 
what self-worth really is, fuck, you would have a hard time losing weight and being committed to something. Like, it's not rocket science. So a lot of times, I tell people that are on this quest to finally lose weight and be done with it, it starts with your mental health. Like, are you physically, like, mentally ready to take on the burden of doing the work that you need to undo that so many of your parents, family members, friends have put on you, society, to tell you that you're not good enough if you weigh a certain way or look a certain way. Like, fuck, that is some tough shit. And this is why I tell people, like, weight loss, fat loss, any fitness goal is not just a six-week thing, an eight-week thing, a three-month thing. It's a lifestyle. Like, you have to undo a lot of shit in order to see success finally. So, I'm going to leave it there. I want you guys to really think about, you know, looking deep down inside you and figuring out if you've actually worked your shit out for this next, you know, step in your life that, you know, gyms are reopening, I gained some weight again, I need to get my shit together, start developing yourself personally in here and in here. And for those who are listening, I point to my heart and my head. Like, work on yourself. You know, don't get caught up with all the shit that's out there. Because the moment you start being true to yourself and really focusing on building you as a better person, it all comes together. And this is what I've been talking about like this past year in my podcast is the bigger picture. This is the bigger picture. You losing weight is like 10% of the whole puzzle piece. The rest is like what's going on in your head. So I'm going to leave it at that. Hopefully that kind of gave you some insight, some, um, you know, things to think about. What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Majeshevsky, and this is another edition of the Car Vlog Podcast. And today we are going to talk about the benefit of being consistent at a low end scale to a point where it almost is way too easy to be this consistent and almost seems counterproductive to your goals. And I'm going to show you and tell you if you're listening um, why that is. So I've been a coach in this industry for 11 years now. It's a long fucking time. I've worked with a lot of clients in person and online, and I've seen over my 11 years the characteristics of what makes a client uh, successful, not successful, and after a bunch of trial and error, I've figured out a way to ensure success for every single client as long as they um, trust the process. And that is, I think, 50% of the battle is that when a uh, client signs up with any kind of coach and, you know, 
purchases whatever package of personal training sessions or in their head a certain amount of time that they want to see a certain amount of result you know most of the time they either get frustrated at a point because every client will go through that they'll start their fitness journey they're super motivated that you know they're taking care of their health finally or you know this is the sixth time that they're jumping on the bandwagon of exercise and they hit that wall of motivation this happens to everyone like it literally happens to me there are days and weeks like there's months where I'm just like, I don't want to fucking go to the gym and work out. But when I start doing it, that shit just leaves me. And, you know, I'm happy that I completed the workout. Even if the workout ended up being like 25 minutes, right? It's better than nothing. But anyway, everyone hits this wall and they have two options, either keep going trust the process or they decide to quit because it was easier to do that and I think subconsciously people just feel like there's supposed to be some other answer out there for them but going back to my original point I ensure that every single client I get commits to a year with me you know um I think at that point, when I'm up front and tell them, hey, we're only going to, like, I'm only taking you on as a client if we can go for a year. And that right there, I think, sets me apart a lot. Because a lot of times, trainers, especially new ones, are just there for the sale. They're like, fuck, if I can sell this person three days a week for whatever package, this is how much money I'm going to make. But honestly, it's like, You're going to make money as a trainer regardless. The best way to, you know, ensure that you have long-lasting clients is by implementing strategies where they're going to be with you for a long time. And a lot of stuff that I do now um, reflects that. I literally have several clients that have been with me for eight years. That's a long time. A long time. I I think the shortest amount of time I had a, with a client where I literally like poured my heart and soul into has been probably two years. And usually those situations are like they lost their job, they moved away, they went through a divorce, someone close to them died and it turned their entire world upside down and we just lost contact. Every other person has stuck with me. Or, you know, they moved and they're still training either on their own or I referred them to another, you know, client. And, uh, I'm not a client, another um, trainer that is um, still training them. But every single person I started with is start with one day a week. Every time I bring this up, well, before that is one year when they realize, oh shit, I need to be committed for a year to start training, that shifts their mindset to like, okay, this is going to be a long-term thing, but I'm still excited. Because if I can capture that excitement from someone that's like, oh yeah, like I want to get training. I want to like double down on that excitement and make that last. So if I tell the person we're going to be committed to each other for a year, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, let's do it. Because there's no other time 
that someone's going to agree to training for a year. Like, fuck, I get annoyed where I have to sign a contract for my cell phone for fucking two years. Like, you, you know what I mean? So if I have someone excited to start implementing change in their life, I might as well commit them to a year. Um, from there, I also tell them we're going to do it one day a week. And they get so surprised that they're like, what, really? Only one day a week, one hour a week, that's all I'm going to get? I'm like, yeah. Like, it's almost like a insult to them. They're like, what, just a day? I want to be training three to five days a week nonstop. But realistically, no one does that unless you're in the fitness industry or competing for a bodybuilding show or you're a fitness enthusiast that lives and breathes fitness. For the most part, general population people are not those people. So I start with one day a week. It is so easy. It is so easy to attain that, especially if you are paying for sessions, you have an appointment every week, you're accountable to it, and then you know that if you don't show up, you get charged a no-show fee, or the trainer will contact you and be like, where the fuck are you? It's bulletproof. Now, if I take this client and get them doing one day a week with me, for an entire year, that is 52 workouts a year, they will see success no matter what because they're consistent. Now, I'm gonna compare this, because I did the math earlier, to the average gym goer that does the kind of yo-yo up and down of commitments going to the gym as many times as possible. So for the sake of this argument, I went off of someone going to the gym three days a week and two days a week throughout the entire year to compare how many times they would be consistent over a span of a year compared to the person who comes only one day a week, 52 weeks of the year. I went through the calendar today and I'm like, okay, January, let's be real. They're going to start with three days a week for the sake of this argument. They're probably going to keep that up for three weeks before they're like, you know what, fuck, this is a lot of time. Like, I have to drive to the gym. I have to drive back. I have to shower. A whole hour takes a lot of time. The gym's super busy, and then they stop. On average, every time I did this little exercise, I would count two to three weeks where people would stop. And then they would start again with another three days a week, stop two to three weeks. And then when they came back again, um, they did two days a week, and then we hit like spring break, two weeks of off, maybe three weeks, even four weeks. And this, I'm basing this off of as well as my client's attendance. So because I use an app, uh, a training app for my clients, I can see the average attendance across the board. So I just picked up the data um, of all my clients and picked the ones that um, did three days a week and see how consistent they were, right? From um, my earlier years that I used this app where I was pushing for people to do, you know, three days a week um, to see how consistent they actually were. And the percentage wasn't that great. And I looked at, you know, each month, which ones they were there the most, there they, um, the ones that they weren't there for. And like summer is a write-off, basically from June to August, you're lucky to see people come in three days a week consistently throughout the summer. 
Same goes for Christmas. Same goes during the time for um, Thanksgiving and back to school. So when I started counting up that, you know, mock client that decided that, hey, this year, 2021 is going to be my year for fitness and health. I'm going to do three days a week or two days a week in the year off and on. They averaged about 47 workouts, like 47 workouts, whereas the one day a week throughout the entire year is 52 workouts. So even though people in their heads are like, I'm going to do three days a week and try to do that for the entire year, there is a very high chance you won't be able to keep that up because let's be real, we're all really fucking busy. We're all dealing with bullshit because of COVID. Do you really think slapping on another three hours a week, which is really probably five, you can count travel time and um, showering and everything like that and getting ready for work or whatever you're doing, is probably not realistic. And the reason why a lot of people fail to keep that number up of three days a week is because like, if you're throwing in an extra five hours during your week, that's going to interfere with a lot of stuff that you're doing, like a lot. And it's a lot easier to be like, you know what? I'm going to skip the gym today and go next week. I'm going to start on Monday. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll start fresh in the beginning of the month. You know what? In three months, work's going to be less crazy. That's when I'm going to start. That always happens. Whereas if I just take one hour and realistically an hour and a half with travel time and getting ready, whatever it is, um, per week from someone, that's manageable. People will carve that out, no problem. And then this is the beauty of uh, being consistent with one day a week that I've seen is that it's they get uh, not addicted, but it almost becomes like a habit, right? So we're building a habit around exercise. It's like non-negotiable. It's like, you know, Monday at five o'clock is their time. Like they're always going to go there. And after a while, they're like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good. You know, this weekend, I'm going to go on a hike with my kids. I'm going to go on a bike ride. I'm going to go whatever. They become more aware that if they do more exercise, that not necessarily in the gym is going to make them feel better. So they end up realizing themselves the value of exercise and it just pushes them in the right direction. Like I almost consider myself as the first domino piece to success. And I've done this with every single client and they're all successful in their own way. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're shredded and they have a six pack, but they're strong. They don't have joint pain anymore. If they do injure themselves, they know what strategies to do to make sure that they heal properly and never miss a day. Like I probably have a 99% um, ratio of my clients showing up to every single one of their workouts. The only time that they can't come in is if something drastic happens like fuck I didn't sleep all night I have to stay late at work and even those workouts that they miss they end up making it up the next uh, week with um, they end up with two workouts that week right so it's really really easy to be successful in 2021 when it comes to fitness and health just dedicate one day a week a non-negotiable Right? I'm not saying like, you have to wait an entire year to make that happen, but you know, you could 
after four months realized, oh shit, this is actually really easy to um, maintain. Maybe I'm gonna do two weeks. Maybe it only takes three months to get to that point, you know? Like, don't hold yourself back. So I'm gonna end it there, nice and simple. Keys to success for 2021. You guys are amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Hit the show notes, add me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, What was I gonna say? And review my podcast anywhere that you listen. Give me five stars on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio. I think that's all the places that my podcast is on. But uh, that's it for me, you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You guys are amazing. Until next time.